Do you want to go down to a 40-hour week without losing revenue? If you're ready to let go of all the extra hours, the stress, the overwhelm, and the clients who hijack your time, consider my signature program, Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind. In it, we'll get your accounting practice under control. We'll fix your pricing problems. I'll show you ways to price so you stop giving away the farm so you bring in more revenue for the work you're already doing. I'll help you disengage the clients who are good people but are holding your business back and slowing you down. I'll help you package up your services and design them so they're easy for your clients to understand and choose from while helping you simplify and standardize what you sell. And we'll focus on making your messaging more interesting and compelling so you attract more of the kinds of clients you want to work with and break out of the hodgepodge of referrals trap. We get your prices up, we get your workload down. We standardize, we simplify, we streamline. And we do this at a pace that feels doable, where you feel confident in every choice you make. Prices up, workload down. Registration is open now. We start Tuesday, May 7th. Come with us. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to find out more. Um, And I know a lot of professionals, attorneys, uh, accountants alike, even financial planners believe, well, if my client understands this, they won't need me. And I think that's patently false because we find that if the client gets good education, they become more successful. And if they're more successful, they need more of our services. Welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help you work less and make more. My name is Geraldine Carter. For many CPAs, it feels risky to pick a cross-section of the tax code and burrow in. The fear is around losing clients, having to turn people away, and what if there's a recession? Consequently, most CPAs work as generalists, and they pay the price in the form of seemingly infinite rotations on the hamster wheel. Longtime listeners to this podcast know that I'm a huge proponent of positioning yourself tightly in the marketplace because it makes business better in countless ways. My guest today has built an exemplary business around expertise in one niche, and that person is Tom Wheelwright. Tom Wheelwright, CPA, is the visionary and best-selling author behind multiple companies that specialize in wealth and tax strategy. Tom is also a leading expert and published author on partnerships and corporation tax strategies, a well-known platform speaker and wealth education innovator. In Tom's best-selling book, Tax-Free Wealth, Tom shows entrepreneurs and investors how to build massive amounts of wealth through practical and strategic ways to permanently reduce taxes. Tom Wheelwright, welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thanks, Geraldine. It is great to be with you today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So let's get our listeners a little bit more oriented to what you do. First, let's talk about your two primary companies. You have a CPA firm and a training company. Can you tell us a little bit more about what those do and who they focus on. Sure. And and they actually work together. So we have an education company called WealthAbility. We have a network of CPA firms. We have 50 CPA firms uh, across the U.S. and Canada in our network uh, who we train. One of those CPA firms is my CPA firm. So I always believe that if you're going to talk about it, you ought to be doing it. So I have a CPA firm. I don't work very much in my CPA firm but I do handle clients directly. The CPA firm is pretty much the guinea pig for everything we do for WealthAbility and for uh, the rest of the members. And what 
we've done is we've built uh, what you're talking about really, I think, is a brand. And we built a brand and it's such a brand that we couldn't handle it with one CPA firm. So we actually are training other CPAs to do what we do so that uh, we can handle the, all the clients that come in. We actually have this problem that most CPAs, a lot of CPAs don't have, which is we have so many clients coming in, so many client people asking to be clients that uh, we have to expand as rapidly as we can to accommodate them. And talk about your focus, where you focus, because you are not a generalist. You take very specific kinds of people to work with in a very specific part of the tax code. So can you talk to us about that and how that happened? We're very much known for real estate and and we're known that way. Really what happened was, is that I got, even in graduate school, the University of Texas, I got interested in partnerships because the professor in partnerships, uh, Sally Jones said, you know, the great thing about partnerships is there are no rules. And then I would go to take my corporations class, sub C class, and they said, well, there's rules for everything. So you, you kind of have to decide, you want rules for everything? You want no rules? And I'm a no rules kind of guy. I'm the youngest of six children, not particularly interested in rules. So <laughs> I, I, I drifted towards partnerships. Well, if you get into partnerships, you naturally drift towards real estate because we all know all real estate is done through partnerships. You know, manufacturing is done in corporations, uh, tech is done through corporations, but real estate is pretty much done through partnerships. So that's very much the evolution is that it was it was really that. In fact, when I um, I did work in a Fortune 500 company for four years as their in-house tax advisor, but they brought me in to handle their real estate. So I, I even even then I specialized in real estate. Even when I was in the National Tax Department at Ernst & Young, I specialized in partnerships, which again, takes me into real estate. So we are quite well known. In fact, I'm headed, headed off uh, today to a real estate tax, to a real estate conference for real estate investors talking about tax for real estate. And did you ever have some of the usual misgivings about focusing that you'd be turning people away, that what if there's a recession? What if, you know, my business dries up and all my people are in one place? Or did you just launch and go for it and you were like, there's more business here than I can handle? I started my county firm, my first county firm over 25 years ago with two clients. I did it the hard way. I really, I mean, I knocked on doors. I did cold calling. And when you, when you have two clients, you take anybody. I guess I'd say for the first, at least the first five years, five or six years, we took all comers. Yeah. And I, I think that's very common because you don't learn because you are afraid of those things, right? You, you're looking, <laughs> I want to feed my family. That's really the yes. <laughs> rule number one is feed. Yep. Cash feed, flow. We have to survive. You, you got to survive. And I, um, and I bought a, a small practice um, about a year in, and that was a very smart thing to do. Should have done that from the beginning. I bought a small practice and, and it was a very, you know, generalized practice. We had a, I remember we had a big uh, farm, you know, big farmer. We had retail, we had everything. I mean, literally everything. And it was only $150,000 practice. The advantage of age, <laughs> which I have, <laughs> is that you learn that that is actually the slow way um, to build business. And it's an even slower way to build net revenue that uh, we have gotten to the point where we are really picky about our clients. Now we get to be picky because we have a brand, right? I mean, that's part of, you know, it's kind of chicken and the egg, right? Geraldine is, is do you, do you choose your niche? So you're, you're picky to begin with and you get a better client base or um, does the, does the client base, you know, do you end up saying, well, look, we're, we're at a place now that we're feeling like we can 
be choosy. Um, and, and we can even price it to be choosy. Um, and we, we, we price most, uh, we're actually at a point where we can price most clients we don't want. We price them out of the market on purpose. So we're, we, we get to be choosy, not just say, well, you know, this is who we're looking for, but it's also where we end up. You know, we end up being choosy because I, I speak at a lot of real estate conferences. Now, you know, I speak at other conferences too, but I, I get called a lot for real estate. And many people know Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is the uh, most popular financial book of all times. And uh, Robert Kiyosaki is uh, a client of ours, a public client of ours. And, uh, and Robert has promoted us and Robert's known for real estate too. So we, we pretty much can't get away from it. <laughs> Great. So what was the point at which you filled and you thought to yourself, now, how do I grow? Maybe I'll go in the direction of training other people to do this. What was that inflection point like? You, you know, I, I actually remember the, the point in time. Um, thanks for asking that. I was sitting next to a very well-known seminar promoter uh, at a Rich Dad conference. And um, this was 15, 20 years ago. And I'm just about quoting verbatim here. He said, the more education you give away, the more people will buy. So what, you know, when, when I wrote Tax-Free Wealth, um, which has been 10, year, 10 years on the bestseller list, uh, we actually sell more now than we, we ever have. And when I wrote it originally, I asked my business partner at the time, Rob, I said, Rob, uh, how, much of this, how much of what we know should we leave out of this should we reserve for our clients? And he said, you know what? I think we should put it all in. And so we just put it all on the table and, you know, people will come up to me. Now, in fairness, people will come up to me and say, I, I had somebody come up to me in um, Romania, <laughs> of all places. I was doing a, 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 a presentation with Robert in Romania and they came up to me and said, you changed my life. Now, this was not a client of ours. <laughs> he said, you changed my life. Um, we've used your principles. We've used your book to, you know, to make millions of dollars, which is really what you're after, but they never became a client. So I've had literally, I mean, hundreds of people come up to me that I know have never been our clients and said how the book has changed, how they've looked at taxes, what they do with taxes. Um, they've taken it to their CPA. Their CPA has adopted it. But we, we find that when we're mission-driven instead of money-driven, it makes all the difference in the world because then we can be niche-focused because then we can actually say, okay, these are the people we want to serve and this is what we want to do with them. And it's okay if other people get benefit from it. In fact, that's good because it expands the mission. This was how many years ago now that this that you built the training company arm? We started doing this um, 20 years ago. So 20 years ago would have been like baby internet. And you wouldn't have been able to offer digital products and digital courses the way that you can now. You would have had to sell them, burn a bunch of DVDs and send them out through the mail. We did. And we did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's one way to scale, which is much more time and labor intensive than it is now. But you went the training company. Well, it sounds like you... Okay. So I want to open up both of these. Let's go first, though, to the training company piece where you decided to market to CPAs and say, hey, we can train you. We can teach you what we know. And, and we can get you clients because they're knocking on our door faster than we can answer them. So how did that process unfold where you decided to build the training company piece and market to CPAs? So, so, we, so interestingly enough, we built the training company piece within our CPA firm. Okay. 
And because we felt like this was the right thing to do, I loved doing it. Um, I got lots of training doing it. Uh, literally spent hundreds of thousands of dollars getting trained on speaking from stage and uh, you know selling products and and all of that kind of stuff. So we started that long before we branched out to other CPAs because we thought, well, we'll just build our CPA firm. But my partner and I discovered that our genius is not in running a CPA firm. Our genius is in the education side. And that's what we love doing. And so what we ended up doing was selling that CPA firm to the other partners. Then we went off, I took a few clients with me and started my current CPA firm. Um, but for the most part, we really were focused on, okay, now how do we deliver this to other CPAs? And we, we started... <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big believer. You sell it and then you build it. <laughs> yep. And so you got to make sure there's a market for what you're going to build. Otherwise you build to crickets. Exactly. Exactly. Don't build it and they will come. I mean, I'm sorry, but that, that is not the way it works in real life. You sell it and then you can build it. And so we actually, um, it was only, it's only been four years, um, not even four years. And we, <laughs> we decided, well, I decided, and my team went along with me because they're, they're very patient with me. I said, let's just see if we can get, you know, because we've had CPAs ask us before, you know, can you teach us, you know, what you're doing? And we said, well, let's see how many we can get. And we got 20, 25 in a room, and we came up with a, 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 an idea. Well, okay, let's have a network. Let's, let, let's kind of bring these people together. Will anybody be interested? Well, they were all interested, and they all handed us a check literally that day without any contract, anything else, just, we trust you. And six months later, we finally had a contract <laughs> and they're all still members. Okay. These, um, these are, these are kind of what we call our founding members, but uh, we've grown that since. And, and really it's just, uh, again, I come back to, we are niche focused. We are like you talk about Geraldine and we do know exactly who we are. We have a very clear message to the public and it's, Frankly, that's why so many people come to us is because our message is so clear. Um, if you're if you're a generalist, you're you're, you're an also ran, right? Every anybody can do that, right? But not anybody can say, well, look, we are the expert in this area, and we you know we're comfortable saying that. So just to get a little bit more specific, so that listeners have a clear sense of you know what exactly your training company does, and you call them members. Give us some specifics about how it works. Like they sign up, they go through your program, how much does it cost, how long does it last, and then what's on the other side? So we, we have different levels, of course, like in any membership. And uh, a beginning level is less than $1,000 a year. So, you know, this is just so that people can get some uh, access to some really good training. One of the challenges I think we have in our industry, this is kind of my little soapbox, is our continuing education is like awful. Uh, it, it's worse than awful. I mean, it's like, I, I literally went to a, this was an AICPA conference, okay? Not, not the bottom rung of the barrel, right? I, I fly to Boston for a two-day conference on high net worth taxpayers. I make it until noon. I call my assistant and say, get me out of here. I literally could not stand it. It was so boring. And I, I left. I, I just left. And so what what we want to do is first thing we want to do is provide really fascinating, interesting, engaging training and uh, people who come and, and 
once they come once, they'll come every time, uh, just because we do have a lot of fun. So we do live trainings. So that's one of the things we do. So the $1,000 gets you basically part of the network, and we do a monthly. I do a monthly question answer, basically. It's uh, basically Ask Tom, right? And, uh, and, and they get to ask me questions for an hour. Um, we do this with our, by the way, we do this with our clients as well. They get that, plus they get, they, they get the right to come to our conferences, okay? They have to pay for the conferences, but they get the right to come. Of course, we have the other end where every, somebody does everything, right? They, we, do, we do forums. We do um, where, you know, where they're like mastermind groups. We do all sorts of get-togethers and, and, and so forth. And that, those are the people that are all in. And then we have the really most of the people, what we call them, are certified members. And these are people that we've taken through a very specific training program. It takes anywhere from three weeks to six months. Um, we've had people take, take some two years, um, but we came through a very specific training program because when you talk about that, your, your niche, Geraldine, we serve clients a certain way and we won't take on a client if we can't serve them that way. For example, we do a strategic plan for them right from the beginning. If they just want us to do tax returns, we send them elsewhere. We, we don't take them on. If they just want to do consulting, we send them on. Um, if you want to build a plan to change the rest of your life, we're it. And we're happy to help you with that. But we turn down 80% of uh, the clients who come to us because of that. So, <laughs> but then we, you know, we have that many coming to us because I think, I think to your point, Geraldine, because we have that niche. So one of the things the certified members get, of course, they have the right to get clients. And we actually, uh, we're a little different is that um, we do have competitors that send clients, but when they send clients, they just send a client and said, okay, pay us when you get paid. We send a client with check. So we get, we are prepaid clients. They are all paid up and uh, for this particular uh, program. And we, so we actually send a check with a client to the CPA and then the CPA handles it, but we also handle it. So we're not gone. So we do a lot of education with the clients. So we do, we do a twice monthly phone call. We do, we have a whole um, learning management system that the CPAs use with their clients and that, you know, that, that we deliver to the clients and that we keep up to date. So we, you know, we don't, we don't just hand them off to the CPA. We're partners with the CPA firm and, uh, and then on top of that, with the certified members, we do, we do boot camps, we do, we do a, a monthly mastermind meeting, which is separate from the other meeting um, that we do with the general membership population. That depends on where they are, how many clients they get, and so forth, the, the, the fees there. Um, but we, <laughs> we're fortunate that one of our desires for our clients is that we are the best investment they ever make. And that is, and, and we're pretty successful with that. We can literally tell a client, we'll reduce your taxes by 10 to 40% within the first three months. And we will every time. We, we know how to do that. That's our expertise. With our members, we will grow their business without exception every time. So we will be their best investment. In fact, it's far cheaper. Uh, we have a number of firms that have launched through WealthAbility. In other words, they were, they were employees and they started their CPA firm by joining WealthAbility and we taught them how to build their CPA firm and then we taught them how to, and then we gave, uh, pushed clients to them. And most people go, well, how can you, you know, you're not gonna get enough clients. Well, <laughs> we find our members tap out in about three weeks. Yeah, it happens quick. I, <laughs> I know them. <laughs> they fill up, they fill right up with a niche, a set of clients. It's, I mean, it's kind of crazy. But here, so here's what I wanna ask you about. In terms of pricing, 
it's an investment and everybody is invested in, it's like mutually assured success. Everybody's on the same page and everybody benefits when people are all lined up and they're all successful, which makes business so much easier and more enjoyable and more rewarding. So it sounds like you have your entry level at a thousand and then you have, you know, levels on up from there. One of the things that I want to know is, is real estate the only place in the tax code that it can be done like this? Or are there other niches, other positions in the marketplace where if you dug in and got really deep, then you could build out horizontally like you have? Oh, I, I, th- I think there's lots of them. I mean, the most obvious one right now is cryptocurrency. I, I like, of course, I, I love cryptocurrency because I like areas where there aren't rules. Um, that's, I mean, and you kind of have to figure out, I think, who you are and what you like. I remember in the national tax office, the partnership group was literally across the hall from the corporate group, the sub C group. And we'd be listening to sub C group say, well, I think there's a revenue ruling on this. And there's a, you know, you, you, you know, you can get this kind of a ruling and, you know, here's, here's the case law on this. And, and in the partnership group, we're just going, boy, if we have rulings, then we're in trouble. Because we want to apply general principles of law. And if it, sa- it doesn't say you can't do it, then that says you can do it, right? So that's the way we look at it as, far as, as long as you follow the generalized principles of law. So that means that you could literally take, I mean, literally, I am an expert in a subsection of the Internal Revenue Code, 704B. Uh, literally, that is my particular expertise, the 704B, which applies a lot to real estate. Okay, but I spent literally a year doing nothing but 704B work. And so I think that there's all sorts of niches. I mean, for example, one niche that I think people, I think our profession dismisses and it's a mistake is trusts, estates and trusts. I think that is an area where I find that um, very few accountants know much about estates and trusts. And we use estates and trusts in our planning for our clients. I've had to, by necessity, become much more of an expert in estates and trusts, and I'm continually learning that area. But that would be an area, for example, where I like partnerships. You might like estates and trusts. Um, online, uh, online business. Uh, we 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 do all these. So we have sub niches, right? So uh, yes, people we're known for real estate, but we there are like three or four others that we do a lot of work in. We do a lot of online. I mean, online is huge. Can you be more specific? Because like everything, if you're not online now, your business is gonna be toast in twenty years. No, but where you're actually selling a product online. Okay. So it's it's like you're you're in a, you're in the Amazon store. Okay. You're an Amazon reseller, for example. Mm-hmm. That would, uh, um, but I wouldn't just restrict yourself to Amazon because some people use Shopify, mm-hmm. right, or some other, you know, or um, Etsy, yep. right. But but you're basically your your primary outlet for your goods or your services is a an online marketplace, mm-hmm. okay? Because it is it's actually very it, there are actually very specific rules for it. And people identify in that space. Really what I think is you want to look at what do people, who do people identify with? Let let me give you a a quick story. So um, one of, one of our subspecialties, which just came because we happened to get connected with the, with the head of the organization is independent pharmacists. There are 22,000 independent pharmacists in the United States. And uh, next week, I'm speaking at an independent pharmacy event where there will be 1,500 independent pharmacists at this event. Okay, so the the very first time I spoke was they had me do a webinar. 
And we did some question and answer. Well, the question that comes up is, well, can you give us specific deductions for pharmacists? <laughs> you know, and I'm kind of chuckling myself. I'm going, well, you're retailers. So anything that applies to a retailer applies to a pharmacist, okay? But that's not what they wanted to hear. They wanted to go, well, we identify as pharmacists and we identify as independent pharmacists. So one of the keys here in, in marketing and in telling people who you are is we specialize in this group that they identify with. So it basically identity politics, if you will, but identity marketing. And, you know, they identify with pharmacy. So I'm on stage with the pharmacy group. Um, there are, there's, we actually have a, a pretty strong competitor in that market who was there long before we were, um, but we have a different message. So, you know, we're going after a different, something different um, than that, you know, than that uh, CPA firm is going after. And so, you know, some people go with that CPA firm, some come with us, but you know, there's, there's so much business out there. Uh, business is just not that hard. To, to bring in if you, like you always talk about, uh, Geraldine, if you have that niche and that specialty, uh, I don't think, I, you know, I think it's whatever, wherever there's a group of people, um, dentists, I, I, I know, I know CPAs, we have CPAs in our network that specialize in dentists. Um, we have those that specialize in um, physicians. I don't know why, but <laughs> we do. <laughs> not, not, not my favorite group. I do have some physician clients, but not my favorite group. Um, we, have, I, we have a member that specializes in uh, law firms. I'm going, that, to me, that sounds like a fate worse than death, but they specialize in law firms. That's what they do. That's the only, they only take on law firm clients. Yeah, there's somebody, thankfully, there's somebody for everybody, right? So Thankfully. So let's see, we've got crypto, we've got trust in estates, online business. Are there other niches? I mean, online business, I would not call a niche. That's super broad. It's like professional services. It's gigantic. Who's in business? It's not professional. Well, lots of people, but anyways. Except that they do identify with each other, Geraldine. So it it, it is a niche from that standpoint. Yes, it's a very, from a tax standpoint, it's generalist, Mm -hmm. but- from an identity standpoint, they do identify with each other. And so it's really interesting. Well, do you handle other Amazon resellers? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's important to them. Yes, sure. But if you, I mean, I think of myself as having an online business. I never see anybody in person. I don't have a physical space in a town, but I would not think of myself, like if I was sitting next to an Amazon reseller, I would not think of myself as having anything in common with them. Right. You're not an online reseller. You're you're online, but you're not an online reseller. So that would be the distinction. Okay. So, and not to like, I'm not trying to parse, but I think from a marketing standpoint and back to your identity, lawyers and architects don't think of themselves as professional service providers. They think of themselves as lawyers or architects. So bringing, pulling back on the identity piece, online reseller is how somebody thinks of themselves. And I would definitely not think of myself as an online reseller, even though I have an online business. So I think it's important just to, I, I think the point is for us as the seller to make sure that we identify and understand how the buyer thinks of themselves and what they call themselves. That's how, that informs how we phrase our positioning. So I want to just come back to the opportunities that you see in the tax code that are sort of like open land grab, if you will, because there's nobody else there. So we've got online business, crypto, trusts, and estates. Are there any others that come to mind? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, qualified plans. So we, we all know about IRAs and 401ks, but I will tell you there are very few tax professionals who literally specialize in qualified plans. And I think it's a huge, frankly, I think it's a huge need. And if somebody does out there, I would like to know them because that is one area that I know nothing about. One other that I think is becoming more and more important is international tax. Um, I, it's really hard. We have one member who specialized in international tax. And I would, man, if I could have 10 members who specialized in international tax, I would love it. International tax seems huge. It's like, could you niche into international tax alone? It just seems like that seems like an enormous chunk of tax code to get familiar with. And yet there are so few people who understand international tax that you can actually consider that a niche. So it's like partnerships, right? I mean, partnerships cover every aspect. Literally in partnerships, we can do anything in partnership in a partnership that you can do in a corporation. Literally anything, any kind of transaction, we can do it easier in a partnership. But there are certain people that tend and go, I need partnership help because I'm in real estate and I use partnerships, right? Where a manufacturer is not going to say, I need help with partnerships, even though I could do anything the manufacturer wants to do in a partnership, I could do it in a partnership. They go, well, I, you know, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a corporation. That's, that's typically what they are. Well, international taxes is that kind of a specialty as well, where you go, well, wait a minute, I need international tax help. And who do I go to? I mean, outside of the, the really big firms, who do you go to? It, it's, it's a very, it, it's, it's so complicated. It's the 900 section, you know, it's the 900s of the Internal Revenue Code. So it is a very specific part of the Internal Revenue Code, that multinational plus cross-jurisdictional, which, by the way, takes me to another specialty, which would be multi-state. Um, it's actually one of my specialties. I taught multi-state for 14 years at Arizona State University in their Master's of Tax program. So multi-state is actually, weirdly enough, one of my specialties. But I, I actually took that specialty on because I saw the state taxes becoming more and more important um, for entrepreneurs. And so I wanted to learn it. And the best way to learn something is to teach it. And so I actually created the course and taught the course, even though I knew nothing about it at the time. So um, multi-state would be, is, a, is a really good specialty because I'll tell you what, you look at all the PTE taxes right now and all those things. Um, it's becoming a, you know, sales tax. You, you know, you've got, you know, the new uh, court cases, the new laws that say basically you're taxed everywhere you make a sale almost. That's a, that's a big niche. And you could literally have a practice based on multi-state. And what you'd be serving, of course, is probably other professionals. You're not serving a particular niche of clients. You're particularly serving other professionals. Same with international tax. Although in international tax, there are, you know, you're only serving internet companies that work internationally. Everybody does, pretty much every company does multi-state. One of the huge advantages of having a clear position in the marketplace is for marketing purposes. And, you know, no business is going to think of themselves as a multi-state business before they think of themselves as something else before that. So how would you market yourself if you were specialized in multi-state? Who are you trying to reach? Because there's no conference for multi-state business owners. There, there isn't, right? If I were specialized in multi-state, what I would do is I would use that as my marketing lead is to, um, because nobody else is using that as a marketing lead. And I'd say, you got your federal taxes covered, but your state taxes are probably a third of your federal taxes. How do you have that covered? 
you're in multiple states. So what you're doing is you're positioning yourself, to, you know, you're still positioning yourself to entrepreneurs at that point, right? You're positioning yourselves to businesses. You're obviously, you already cut out the individuals that don't have businesses. Mm -hmm. That's the first, you got to start cutting the pie up, right? And now you cut it down even more. You cut it down. You don't take any businesses that aren't, that are only in one state, right? Unless they have particular state tax issues. And the, the other thing you get to do there is you get to say, well, do you have a state tax issue? Have you got a sales tax audit? Do you have a income tax audit? Are you wondering, are they going to come after you because of the Wayfair uh, case? Are you wondering if they're going to come after you because are you wondering how to handle these new pass-through entity taxes? You know, we can help. And, and it's really just an intro into your firm. And you may say, you may go, well, look, you know, that would be a an example of online resellers, they definitely need multi-state tax help, right? Yeah. So you're talking about you're talking about agitating the pain, which is incredibly useful, right? Because the buyer recognizes, oh, this guy understands me. He knows what I'm dealing with. But you still need an audience to get in front of. So where's the audience? Basically, your audience, uh, for example, uh, well, let me tell you some of the audiences you're not going to be in. You're not going to be in the dentist audience. You're not going to be in the physician audience. You're not going to be in those people that tend to be small practices in a single location, right? But would I go to an, on online, an uh, online resellers conference all day long, okay? Uh, that would be a, a great place to go. And I've spoken at those conferences. Um, would I go to, let's say, a, um, a, a real estate broker conference? Absolutely, because they're selling in multiple states. Okay. And no, no real estate agent sells, uh, very few real estate agents sell in one state. They're, they, you know, they're, they're building their businesses. You see the, you know, the Gary Kellers of the world and, and those, they have multi-state presences. So I, what I'd look for is I'd look for, okay, who, which, which businesses or which business types or business identities tend to have a lot of multi-state manufacturing would be one. Okay. Manufacturing always has multi-state activities. And so you might go to a manufacturing conference. Like they always say, Geraldine, is that you go where the people are. And so you just have to think, okay, what industries um, do a lot of multi-state? That's where I'm going to go. Yep. So you're on the horizontal and then you focus, you figure out which industries inside that horizontal exactly. have that need and then go to multiple kinds of conferences and you work with multiple kinds of people. And then eventually you might realize, oh, hey, I'm going to do manufacturing only and deal with their multi-state issues. Once you've identified, it, for as a possibility, once you've identified an industry that just needs multi-state all day long. Really? Exactly. And that's essentially what we did because we're partnership experts and we went, okay, so who uses partnerships a lot? Real estate. So that's how you got there. That's exactly how we did that. Gotcha. I love that. So we have a list of six excellent niches that CPAs could burrow into if they were so inclined. Okay. So last couple of questions here before we wrap up. Most CPAs simply deliver their service and what I'm helping a number of my clients do is build out a product ladder. And that can include productized services. It might include one-off strategy sessions. It maybe eventually includes a book or digital courses. Can you talk about what you have built out in your product ladder beyond just the membership so that clients and other people can purchase your knowledge without having to necessarily work with you one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and we look at it as, as a, you know, ladder or funnel and we started like everybody else, you know, the, the, the bottom of the funnel, right? We're starting at the bottom of the funnel, which is the, the big service. And that's the expensive service. That's where we started. And then we actually went from there to the very top of the funnel, 
when I wrote Tax-Free Wealth. And so now I have the top, you know, or the top, you know, and then I have the bottom, but we had to build out in between. So in between, it's pretty much all educational because if you think about it, a lot of what we deliver is education. And I think we forget that sometimes. I think we think we're delivering advice, but advice without education is not worth a whole lot because it's very transactional. And what we want is we want, to, we want our clients to learn how to do it with us, not how to depend on us. We actually believe that a, an educated client is a better client. Um, and I know a lot of, uh, lot of professionals, attorneys uh, and, and uh, accountants alike, uh, even um, financial planners believe, well, if my client understands this, they won't need me. And we found that that, I think that's patently false um, because we find that if the client gets good education, they become more successful. And if they're more successful, they need more of our services. So <laughs> it, it works to our advantage to do that. And we see it because our billings to our clients it increase every year, not because of inflation um, or not just because of inflation, but because they we're expanding services to them because they're building their business and we're helping them build their business and they're going to just need more services by definition. So, you know, we have a complete learning management system. Um, so we sell courses. We sell, um, I do I do webinars. So, so we do that. Um, I'm a paid speaker. So I do speeches. Some people pay me. Some, some people let me promote. You know, it's, 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 it, you, know, you kind of have a trade-off there. Um, we, do, uh, we actually have a series of courses that we put together that is for just what you're talking about. Somebody who they're not quite ready for the services and the full-fledged services, but they really need some very strong step-by-step-by-step -step -step education. And so we have this whole thing. We call it tax-free formula. And then we have what we call Tax-Free Formula Plus. So there's another level of your ladder is Tax-Free Formula Plus is it's that educational set, but with somebody that you can ask questions to. Okay, so some of our members, all that's the client they want. They want, say, the independent contractor, for example, right? The person who's just starting out in real estate, uh, people who are just starting business. Um, those people really what what do they need they need some education they need somebody to ask questions too that's what they need so we we have we built out that ladder starting with a book going all the way down to our full-fledged professional services and so we range from basically a $20 book to a $200,000 service excellent with multiple rungs in between for wherever people are ready to climb to you next and go up and down this has been so excellent it's been a pleasure having you, Tom Wheelwright. Thank you for coming on the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thank you, Geraldine. It's been delightful. Are you tired of doing everything for everyone? If you want to get on the clear path to getting your time and energy back while growing a profitable firm, stop what you're doing and head over to shethinksbigcoaching.com to subscribe to my daily drip of business strategy for CPAs. You'll get one easily digestible tip a day on how to position your business, how to price services, and how to sell outcomes so that you can be more profitable, get your time back, and get off the tax hamster wheel for once and for all. That URL again is shethinksbigcoaching.com. All right, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Registration is open now, but it won't be for long. 
Go to GeraldineCarter.com now to enroll today.